Are you going to start? Gotta play the music, Kent. Oh, right. Local Social! Welcome, everybody, to the Local Social Podcast. This is your host, Sierra and Kent, and welcome back. It's about time. Yes, we have certainly been gone for two-ish weeks, and we do have a reason for that. Um, And that was going to be told through our highs and our lows. Yeah, Kenzie, so how about you start with that? So, my high, we'll start with the high, was I got an A in my online math class that was accelerated. That was, like, pretty exciting for me, because that's, I feel like, I don't think I've ever gotten an A in math before. Um, my low, however, which is the reason why we were on a break, is out of nowhere, all of a sudden, um, five of my relatives got COVID, That inc- including my parents and then some other people that I know that are in my family that, don't, that I don't live with. So I was in lockdown under quarantine for quite a bit until um, the doctor said that we were safe to go out again. I'd, my brother and I did test negative, but um, just as a safety precaution, since we do live with our parents, we stayed home the entire time as well, which meant that um, this all happened to like during Christmas. So I did not get to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day, and it definitely made me also lose my Christmas spirit. Um, so that was another one of my lows was just losing my Christmas spirit this year because it happened so suddenly all of a sudden everyone like everyone I knew in my family had COVID but my parents have now recovered they are officially COVID free my brother and I are still COVID free um however there is still one relative that is pretty sick um which is very scary and nerve-wracking so you know just If you pray, send them your prayers, please pray for me, pray for my family as we keep going through this crazy thing. Um, I will say, though, that this whole COVID quarantine thing, like now that it's actually happened in my family, it definitely feels so much more real. So please make sure you when you go out, you are wearing your mask and being six feet apart and being safe because it's very, very important. Anyways, um, that was my low, and as once again, my high was getting an A in my math class, which really isn't that great compared to my low, but there, weren't, there wasn't a lot of highs for me the last two weeks, which is okay. I mean, my high is that also that a lot of my relatives are better. Um, but yeah, what about you, Sierra? What have you been up to the last two weeks? Well, Kent, I've been missing you like crazy the last two weeks, honestly. Um, it's probably the longest we've gone without seeing each other since you went I'm traveling for that. What was that? A couple. What was that? Two weeks as well. Something like that. I think it was like two weeks. Yeah. So that's been you know different just for it being like a sudden thing and not a planned thing. But um, it's been a busy two weeks for me. I'll have to say um, with the holidays and everything. And I mean, I'd be keeping it low key at the same time. But still, you know, I quit my job recently. I would consider that a high. I'm quitting my job and <laughs> as of today, officially having a new job. Yay! So. More claps for that. Yeah, yeah, but I would say my low is, you know, during the holidays, it's been um, it's just just a weird uh, time of year for me, you know? Um, emotionally, I guess. 
I would say maybe it's because I'm not going to the gym right now. <laughs> I'm just at home <laughs> eating a like a bunch of food and my body's like throwing a hissy fit. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like the last couple of weeks I've also been emotionally tough. I consider that my low. Not too bad. Not it's too all bad. it's all kind of funny because our last episode that we recorded was all about the Christmas spirit and the holiday spirit, and now we're like, eh. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I had like that Charlie Brown depression, that Charlie Brown Christmas depression this yeah. year. Like that that ended up actually Ken's being the only Christmas movie I watched this this year. <laughs> I know as soon as everything <laughs> happened, like with COVID and my family, I like instantly all my Christmas spirit was gone. I just like after we recorded um, our podcast where we we're talking about some of our favorite Christmas movies and everything. I I think I've seen maybe two Christmas movies since then, just because I was so like done with Christmas. Uh, so for the rest of the podcast today, we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and personality types or personality typing or as they call it, typology. I've never heard of that before. Typology? Yeah, they call it typology. <laughs> Sounds like a ripoff of typo- typography. Ty- how do you say that? I don't know. Like You're the one who's into you know, that like, stuff. You know, T-Y-P-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. Typography? Typography? I think that's what you're thinking of. (laughs) So before we get into our new New Year's resolution, 2021. Yeah, for 2021, um, reflecting back a little bit, you know, reflecting back on 2020 is is difficult, I think, for anybody. Oh, yes. (laughs) But do you... What were your New Year's resolutions for this year, and did you feel like you accomplished them? Okay, I actually only had one New Year's resolution, and that was to put myself out there more. And by this, I meant, like, I wanted to, like, try talking to new people, like, being the one that starts the conversation, and, like, actually, like, doing things that scare me, like, going on a roller coaster or whatnot. Um, So it was definitely a lot harder to do that since the pandemic um, happened, it was kind of hard to put yourself out there when you're not necessarily supposed to be outside. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I feel like in some ways I accomplished it. Like I uh, I put myself out there for a new job and I got that job and then I lost it because of COVID. But um, I honestly, I can't really think of many examples. Actually, now that I, I know I put myself out there in ways I just can't remember them. Well, actually, the other day I was at Target and this person was wearing the cutest sweater ever. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know this person. And we're, I was like checking out and I was like, where'd you get your sweater from? And it was like someone else in this, and who was checking out in the self-checkout. And I was like, where'd you get your sweater from? It's so cute. Um, so that was kind of putting myself out there because normally I would never just randomly ask someone I don't know where they got something from. Um, but for the most part, I really wasn't able to fully do as much as I liked with that resolution that I had. What about you? What were your resolutions? So I was actually just going through my room. Like I decided to like organize my room like last week. Um, And I found an old piece of paper that had my 2020 resolutions on it. And I was, I was reading it and I was like, wow, I was really shooting for the moon (laughs) in 2020. Unfortunately, Um, I had all kinds of stuff written on there. Cause I mean, it was just starting, you know, starting a new semester at school, at, you know, at college and, you know, being on the golf team. I had all these resolutions. Some of them that were making me laugh was like, I'm not like little, you know, uh, factoid. I'm not very flexible. I mean, she laughs because I always am so jealous of her when we go to the gym. She's like, I can tie my toes. And I'm like, 
Um, I can't. So that was one of my New Year's resolutions for 2020 was to be able to touch my toes. Okay, but I'm kind of curious. How would you be able to achieve that? By stretching. Oh. Yeah, by doing the stretches that are so easy for you, Ken. <laughs> when I'm struggling <laughs> Which is kind of, over it's kind it. Of, it's kind of funny, though, because I don't really stretch unless I'm with you and you're like, okay, we got to stretch before we work out. That's like the only time I stretch. And you're like, why? <laughs> I'm like, this is so easy. Like, I could be watching your show while I do this. <laughs> So that was one of my resolutions. I think I got like halfway there before COVID hit and then COVID just kind of sent that downhill. You know, the gym's closed for a while. And yeah. Everything just kind of stopped. So I got like halfway there and it didn't happen. So yeah, because COVID for us, I feel like it start, really started um, like in the middle of March, I want to say, because it was like right after my yes. best friend, right after one of my best friends got married, she got back from her honeymoon and suddenly like everything was starting to close down. Yeah, so we really, really didn't fast have, in March. There was not a lot of 2020 where the pandemic was not happening. <laughs> no, yeah, we had like maybe three months and that was it. So that's as far as I got halfway there in three months. And then just, <laughs> I just told, I guess I just forgot. I just forgot about that. Um, I had a plan to get like a six and a half minute mile. Um, I've actually gotten down to seven and a half minutes. So I will, I will say that's good enough. That's amazing. I know. I just got, it's, got, it's my best mile ever, so I'll say that. That's inspiring to me, because I think mine is probably like 13 minutes, if not 17. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> that's I don't time. even know, because I can't fully run it. Like, I will walk most of it, hence why it could range between 13 to 17 minutes. We should do a race sometime. You'll win, obviously, but like, to, to encourage me <laughs> to try. <laughs> So, yeah, and I wanted to join student government. I wanted to shoot under par. I, I had all of these different 2020 goals. I mean, look, you know, looking back, I'm not, like, incredibly heartbroken over it because I see why it didn't, you know, work yeah. out because it's all the situations that happened this year. And besides COVID, I had so many other things in my life that kind of just went downhill. But, yeah, so I'm not too upset over it. I'm kind of just going to carry a lot of those over to 2021 and hope for the best. I think I'll also be carrying my 2020 resolution into 2021. Um, but I am kind of curious, what are your tw- what are all of your 2021 resolutions? I have a lot, probably too many. Probably shooting for the moon again, honestly, <laughs> sadly. But I have a feeling it's going to be a better year, you know. I'm knock on wood. I'm not trying to jinx anything, as everybody else on the internet has been claiming. But um, I would say definitely... One really interesting one that I've always wanted to do that I'm just going to, you know, as long as um, COVID doesn't make it unattainable, I am getting a motorcycle license this year, Kenzie. Motorcycle yes, license? Yes, I am. I've always wanted to get a motorcycle and get a motorcycle license. More like an electric, um, like, starter motorcycle, oh. not like a big Harley Davidson <laughs> thing, but, you know. See, um, I can't even ride a bike. Maybe we will explain that further and then another episode of the podcast because I don't want to get into it right now so I can't even ride a bike so I can't even imagine how hard it would be to ride a motorcycle maybe I'll like maybe if you get your motorcycle license I'll just like hop on the back yeah yeah. that'd be fun (laughs) (laughs) so that's one of them I want to save a lot of money like that's a big goal is just save as I mean I've done a pretty good job at saving um this last year but besides that I want to do even more yeah Um, that's that'll be one of my resolutions too but I'll explain that more in a little bit (laughs) yeah and I have like some fun ones at least for me like uh like book challenges like reading challenges and stuff like that some some writing goals um gym goals i literally think i have a goal for every aspect of my life wait gym goals like smelly cat smelly cat what 
Are they feeding you? What is that? <laughs> Have you never seen Friends? Oh, a Phoebe. The, oh my gosh. The Phoebe song, yeah. You I scared forgot. me for I'm, a second. <laughs> I like that 70s show better. I'm, I've never seen that. You've never seen that 70s show? No, but I've seen Friends. I've seen Friends too, but... It's, <laughs> In the office. I have more Parks and Rec. Than, oh yeah, those are all classics. Which is your favorite out of those three? Friends, Parks and Rec, and The Office? Yeah. I can't. I'm not. Parks and Rec, honestly. I love that one. But I think mine would be Friends, then Parks and Rec, then The Office. Don't come at me, people. (laughs) And before other New Year's resolutions, oh, yeah, and I'm going to start a garden. Um, I mean, I've done some gardening in the the past, but um, I think this year I'm going to actually um, do a whole vegetable garden. So I'm going to do tomatoes, um, herbs, watermelon, pumpkin. Watermelon. I want to see that. I really want to see that. Can you do lemons? I'd have to have a whole lemon tree. Well, we will definitely have to, once you start doing that, um, we'll have to, like, post pictures on our Instagram of, like, the updated, like, plants and whatnot. Yeah. Like, how they're growing and all that. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I think people would like that. Are, those any, are there any other resolutions that you have? Probably one more is to get a new car. Oh, okay. I mean, I just... Didn't, wait, didn't you just get this car that I you did. have right now? <laughs> you just got it this year. Am I... Am I right yes <laughs> yeah. i i i do love my car don't get me wrong i love my my um my old lexus my old i wouldn't call it old because it's such a really nice but it's 2003 it's old enough i'm just hoping that if i get the job that is on my new year's resolution school because mm-hmm. i know i just got a new job but i planned on at the end of the year getting another new job okay well hope- get- hopefully those the people who are um who hired you for your new job right now don't listen to this podcast and hear that you're not going to stay with them. No, they know They know that I have aspirations. In my interview, they're like, oh, do you have like career goals? And I was like, yeah, I plan on doing this type of job long term. So I want to get tired with the state of the county. And they're like, oh, OK, well, we can help you with that. Yeah, that's that's about it that I can think of. I, I know it's a lot. It's kind of it's kind of outrageous. But yeah, you definitely have a lot more than me. I have three. <laughs> Um, but, but, but as you were talking, I think I realized some more, although I may have forgotten some of them already. So one of my news resolutions is the same that I had, um, in 2020 and that's to put myself out there more. Um, I don't know necessarily how, but I just like, I want to be more open to like other people and, um, like just expand my horizons. Like I want to try new foods, try new drinks, um, and just kind of put myself out there a little more like try things i don't think i normally would try will you try sushi is the real question i've licked sushi does you that count licked, did you say licked yeah, yeah you i were remember there. that i remember that <laughs> um but you will see about that oh yeah. honestly i feel like also i feel like i can say yes but like once it's like once it's like right in front of me and i'm about to do it that's when i'm like oof. do i really want to do it i think a good compromise would be crab Oh no! You don't no. want the crab. You'd rather try any color kind of fish. Probably. I I I can't do it with crab. I feel bad for the crabs. Carol, <laughs> save the crabs, guys. Save the crabs. Say hashtag save the crabs. <laughs> and then another one of my resolutions is one that you've mentioned, and that's um, saving money. I would love to potentially move out. Um, and get my own place um, within the next two years. I don't even know if that's possible because California is expensive, um, but I definitely really want to start saving up um, to move out. Don't get me wrong. I love 
my family. I love my house. I love being with them. But I just aspire to be able to decorate everything in a house. Like, I'm obsessed with, like, house hunters and tiny houses and just, like, watching, like, Property Brothers and Love It or Listed and Fixer Up or all these house shows. And I see, like, I just love the aspect of designing things. So I'd love, I would love to be out on my own and be able to, like, truly make my own space. And um, I feel like just being by myself in an apartment, I feel like it would also be putting myself out there because I'm learning to truly live on my own and I'll be learning how to cook my own food and everything because I, I can't cook a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, so I definitely do want to start saving up to move out. Um, there's, I, there's, there's like 99.9% chance I will not be moving out this year. Like there's no way. Um, but I would love to possibly be able to move out within the next two years. I don't know if that's... A, is that possible, do you think? You've, you've lived on your own, so... Yeah, I think, think it's definitely possible. I Two years? Yeah, that's a good goal. Year, one year I can see it being uh, questionable. Especially because I don't have a job at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, but I think two years is very realistic yeah. for you, Ken. I definitely... I want to... For sure, the main thing is I'm going to be making sure I have, like, a stable job before anything. And then I also... I'm pretty sure this is gonna happen um I have one semester left at my two-year college which ended up turning into three years so I really want to just I want to finish my two-year college I want to finish that um and begin working and finding a career that I really that I am very finding a major that I really want to do and just go for it I want to just get done with my two-year college um and move on to my four-year and um yeah and I want to I kind of I really want to um figure out what I want to do with my life like career wise and I think I kind of have an idea I'm thinking of going more into marketing because right now I'm um, a liberal studies major but I'm leaning more towards marketing because I love advertising and I own a little bit small business and all that so I think it might be a fun thing to major in yeah Kenz I definitely think you'd be great in marketing thank Um, you I I always talk about your like your perfect social media skills honestly i do manage one of your accounts so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so five stars for me thank you i'll put you on my um resume (laughs) yes please do i mean i could also say like the basic resolutions that i have every single year that (laughs) never really happen is um eat healthier and go to the gym more but i'm very i'm really hoping that this year i'm able to do that and then i also want to um I tend to like at night I'm always like on my phone like right before I go to bed I'm always on my phone and I feel like that needs to stop because it's probably hard for me to fall asleep when I'm staring at a screen yeah they say that if you're on your phone within two hours before you go to bed or you're like staring at a screen like an iPad or something that um that basically your circadian rhythm is delayed by that amount of time See, I've always heard of things like you shouldn't be on, like, screens, like, 30 minutes before bed. I never realized it could have been two hours. That's what I've read. That seems crazy to me. Like, I don't think my resolution would be able to be that long. But what I'm thinking of is I want to try, instead of being on my phone late at night before I go to bed, I want to start reading more. I I used to be so into reading, and that's slowly, like, as I've gotten older, it's kind of faded. But um, I really want to start reading reading more again. So I think I'm going to try um, reading before I go to bed instead of being on my phone before I go to bed. I think 30 minutes is a good goal. 
to like read for 30 minutes before you go to bed i mean if a book is really good i will read it like and i will finish the entire the, the book before i go to bed hey not we, gonna lie we just went to the bookstore today we did and i found um an author that i remember loving i found her again so i'm gonna start rereading those books and reading her other books that um she has and i'm very excited for that um i will let you know if i actually keep up with it and finish this series that i started it's like eight books yeah we'll definitely keep you guys updated on if we <laughs> yeah maybe be consistent we'll, with these goals yeah maybe we'll even do um, a book review or something i would love that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> so now that we've kind of said all of our new year's resolutions i think now is the perfect time for us to kind of get into like the personality types or that one word as you said typology typology that's literally the same thing as typography it's not typography <laughs> whatever it sounds exactly the same it's similar but um yeah i'm actually really into typology yes yeah, some people think it's a load of load of crap but um but yeah sierra's a lot more passionate about this so i'm gonna let her go ahead and start with this because i'm interested to hear everything she has to say Everybody, like, believes, or everybody that's into typology believes in different um, scales and different types of typology, but I would say the three main ones that are, like, most popular and most well-known and probably most reliable are, first, the zodiac, Mm -hmm. the astrology zodiac, um, you know, the the stars and where they're located when you were born, that's what determines your personality or your future or not, you know, concretely, but can have an influence on it. Um, so there's the zodiac, and then she's that is something she's very passionate about. She literally, um, she she literally has an app for it, and made me download that app. I make everybody download this app. Sadly, <laughs> it'll be talked about more um, I think in it's a few a minutes. Disease, but so there's a zodiac astrology, and then there's the enneagram or the enneagram. I people love have different this ways. one. Yeah, the enneagram is an interesting one. Um, it's it's kind of tied to numerology. So kind of oh. like the ancient symbolism behind numbers. Um, it's based on a scale of numbers one through nine. And so basically each person um, is one of these numbers and can have like wings of the neighboring numbers. Um, and that can determine their personality or their, you know, their upbringing and their habits or their abilities. And then the last one that I've only actually gotten into very, very recently is called the Meyer Briggs Type Indicator or the MBTI. I've heard of this one for many years, Mm -hmm. but it literally has 16 different types. That's what I always found so off putting about it was that there's so many. Like, how am I going to know which one I am if there's literally 16 of them? And I didn't, online tests are a little hard to indicate. I love when when it's a test version because I'm so indecisive that I'm like, well, am I this or am I this? Like, I can't just pick one. That's why, like, I asked you because I love the Enneagram Enneagram thing. uh, But I was like, I don't know what wing I am. So I had to ask Sierra. I'm like, what do you think I am? Because I can't find a test for this. Yeah, I just find some online tests unreliable because they're probably you're probably right. They're too broad. That's at least my opinion of it. They ask like kind of dumb, irrelevant questions that are really hard to really gauge anything because it's a lot of vagaries. I've only actually gotten into the um, MBTI recently because I was honestly I think the algorithm on my phone was able to type me and I'm pretty offended by it (laughs) (laughs) and that's what really got me into it but I'll I'll tell you guys that story when we get to it but I think we should start with the zodiac astrology um it's the most common most well known and probably would say most used 
Um, Which is kind of funny because I frankly don't use the zodiac astrology stuff that often. Um, yeah, you really have to like want guidance from me. Yeah, like it's not necessarily something that I'm like, oh yes, yes, yes. While Sierra may be like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite with this one, but I do, I do still love like kind of just searching it up and like reading things about it because I do find that interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who don't believe that the placement of the stars have anything to do with anything. There's a lot of people just like, oh, well, I believe those things are out there, but I don't, I believe those, I believe in those constellations exist. I believe those stars are placed in that order, but I don't think it has anything to do with us, you know, as human beings. I I believe otherwise. So, Kenzie, if I am correct, you are a Virgo. Yes, I am. I was born on September 16th, 2000, and that does make me a Virgo. Um, I'm actually just going to look at your chart, Kens, because I have uh, you on that oh, app. I was going to say, can you find it on your iPad? Yeah, or I, I can. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I need your help with this. So, yeah, I I have this app called CoStar. It's actually a fairly new astrology app um, that uses NASA data, personal astrologers, and an algorithm to determine your chart placement, so where all the planets were and what constellations all the planets were and how and she kind of draws a picture of your personality she actually got me to download it and then a couple of our other friends as well so we're all friends on it which i think is kind of fun and sometimes it'll be like hey you should really hang out with sierra today <laughs> yes. like it'll literally say that on the app but i'm like huh okay my the only reason why i honestly have the app is because there's like a daily thing where it tells you your do's of the day and your don'ts of the day and i love it it's my favorite thing because they're so random um but i find it so funny and that's also i learn new words through it too me too <laughs> me too i'm so obsessed with that um sierra would really appreciate it if um they would sponsor us i would i so would <laughs> and you're like i would <laughs> I think I'm like in their top 1% users. You know how Spotify can like tell you if you're like in the top 1% of their listeners or whatever, of so this artist listeners. Well, I feel like if CoStar had something like that, they would tell me I'm in like the 0.01% <laughs> 0. 0. top percent. See, I don't I don't users. use I don't use Spotify, so I don't fully know about that, but um yes, you probably would be like at the I'd be number 1. Numero there needs uno. to be like um a refer a friend thing where you get like a prize or something or like a reward cuz some things do that. I'm like that's what you need. They should just make me their <laughs> their ambassador. Right? Um but yeah, Kenzie, so your son is in Virgo. But what's funny to me is that you're rising, your horizon is in gemini (laughs) it makes me laugh because gemini is like because they say that you're rising where the horizon was where you're born that's supposed to determine um kind of your first impressions of people how you come off to people at your first meeting and um kind of just like your yeah mostly first impressions or your style your general style that is you know your first come across as but it's funny that it's gemini because gemini's are kind of their symbolism is like the twins so they're kind of known as having like two faces not in like a negative context but that like they have multiple personalities so like they're it's constantly changing it's it's like literally multiple different personalities so when someone meets you they don't really know how to pin your personality right away that's probably true <laughs> <laughs> they're like we can't tell if she's you know if she's serious or if she's i mean i do have a very sarcastic humor so it can be hard to tell if i'm being serious or not it's like bubbly sarcastic and dry and fun all at the same time (laughs) 
so that's definitely something I see. But um, and I'm I do act very differently to like a stranger than I do to my friends and everything. Although I think pretty sure everyone does. That's the point of like of the horizon sign is that it's it's probably different for everybody. It's most likely not going to be the same as your sun sign, but that's that's depending. It's different for everybody, but. Yeah, like mine is, I'm a Sagittarius, by the way. That's my main sign is my sun sign, Sagittarius, you know, the archer. So, like, I'm Virgo, you're Sagittarius. Correct. Okay, just confirming. I'm not that stupid. I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to make sure our listeners knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally knew that that was her main thing. Like, that Sagittarius (laughs) was the Virgo to me. Okay. But my rising, my horizon is Leo. So okay. when I come off to people, I can kind of seem egotistical, but assertive, but also like charismatic, you know, and it's the sim- the main symbol is like the lion, you know, so I was I, about to say, I was- like a power figure, but, a, but egotistical and that's just what people kind of see me as at first, the center of attention. It's so of. funny because I was about to say, Leo's like a lion, right? Yes, <laughs> and then exactly. you mentioned lion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the only other one that I think it's worth mentioning at the moment is the moon sign. Um, the moon is supposed to how it's supposed to dictate your thoughts and how it controls your mood. So basically, what your thoughts are based around and why you have feelings based around those thoughts. Yours is in Taurus. Um, Taurus is the bull. You know more about my chart than I do. I'm also looking right at it. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Like, I, I do like, remember that, though. I feel like I'm learning this for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while kind of since we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, mainly what we'll do is we'll just tell each other the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, we just talk about those. You'll, you'll understand it more if you have the app. I was talk, telling her about the transits, though. Those are really interesting. So, yes. yeah, your moon's in Taurus in the, the bowl, and Taurus represents a lot of different things. Like, they could be stubborn. Like, Taurus can be stubborn, and but they could be, like, homebodies. Sounds right. So I would say how that relates to, you know, your thoughts and your mood is that, you know, you care a lot about the things around you, like your room and your home. True that. Yeah. (laughs) And I legit, before Sierra came over, cleaned my room super good and cleaned my bathroom super good. I'm like, we got to make it clean. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't call myself an astrology expert. I know I sound like I know everything that I'm talking about. She's an expert compared to me. Correct. I would, yeah, that's an accurate statement. Like this episode, you're probably going to, you guys are going to say, wow, Sierra's so smart and wow kenzie's so stupid no there's a lot of people out there kens that think i am crazy for believing in all of this so please keep that in mind we're all a little crazy everybody believes in something something that's crazy that's at least what i think i believe in unicorns that was a total joke i didn't really turn my head at that one total joke so just like a little blurb on like the moon and taurus um, to give like a better, more in-depth example, it says, Their moon is in Taurus, meaning their emotional self is very romantic and sentimental. They are deeply loyal to the people they care about and try hard to maintain security and stability within those relationships. I would say that's very, very, very true. Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes, let me get a little disclaimer, sometimes a lot of these descriptions that can come out, a lot of people are like, oh, that's so vague. Like, anybody can say that about themselves. Da, 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 da. But this is like... This is supposed to be what dominates your thought process. That's what the moon represents. Your thought process and your emotions. Because the moon in almost every kind of symbolic, uh, you know, writing or depiction, it's your feelings, your thoughts. 
It's so funny because when you're reading the description or whatever, I was totally daydreaming. So I'm just pretending I understand. I heard what you said. <laughs> That's such an INFP thing that we'll talk about later. <laughs> I was so daydreaming. And then all of a sudden she looks at me and I'm like, I was totally paying attention. But I'm going to, I I get what you're saying still. <laughs> so Ken, I know you don't know a lot about astrology, but is there anything that you can um, pitch in that you feel like you relate to in terms of being a Virgo? Because I know that's probably what you know most about. Okay, so I was actually on Pinterest right before we were recording this, looking at memes. And I don't really <laughs> listen to memes. I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to memes. I don't really look at memes, but I just search Vir- Virgo memes to like, see what there was and i found like these are just like little things that i found that were mentioned in some of them and i was like okay wait that sounds like me um so virgos will cry if they feel useless feel unimportant feel like they're annoying or if they make a mistake or if they're like that person and that is totally true (laughs) it is so true for me they're also very easily annoyed and uh my brother would um, say yes to that <laughs> because I get very annoyed. I feel like anybody's brother would say that about their sister. They're also very ambitious. Do you think I'm ambitious? Uh, I think I am. Definitely. Do you know how many side businesses you have? I can hardly keep up. Um, and okay, you gotta tell me if this one's true because I'm hoping it is and I, I'm saying it is, but I could totally <laughs> be wrong. Um, Virgos give good advice. No, yeah, definitely because you know the first thing that pops up is you're like really good at interpreting my dreams. You know, you're not all the time, but you're, but sometimes it's like right on the nail. I'm like, how well, did you even you. think of that? <laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to remember the dreams and I can't all of a sudden. Um, and then this I found really interesting is that they Virgos are typically introverted and shy around strangers, but they're also really talkative. And that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. Because I am definitely an introvert and very, like, awkward and anxious and shy around strangers. But, like, once a conversation is going, I cannot stop talking. Um, and then they're also unproblematic. I don't think I'm problematic. Um, who knows? Un- unless somehow I get canceled one day. <laughs> then, um, and reliable. And I like to think I'm very reliable. Oh, definitely. I mean, the only time I've ever had to cancel plans is, um, like two weeks ago when I found out my parents were tested for, tested positive for COVID. No, so yeah. I like to think I'm very reliable. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but that's all I basically wrote about being a Virgo. And that's all I got. And I got all that from memes. So for all I know, all of that is completely false. Um, I mean, like, once again, everybody interprets astrology differently. Let me say that again. Everybody interprets astrology differently. So what I could be saying could totally not resonate with anybody else. So you have to, you know, take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. But this is just from my perspective and Kenzie's perspective. So uh, please keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind. Um, What about you? What is your information you have about your zodiac? Well, you know, Sagittarius Sun, um, you know, it's the archer, it's like it's the centaur, you know, the half horse, half man, which I really relate to. <laughs> it's an, you know, it's supposed, it's a fire sign, so it's an, you know, adventurous type, has a lot of energy. Um, but yeah, just like a, you know, a little blurb. So your sun is in Sagittarius, meaning you are fundamentally curious, restless, and independent. You have a strong thought through ideas about meaning. And what's right and wrong interested in pushing the boundaries of the existent 
you live to be free and to learn, which is, you know, I relate to all of that. I'm definitely always on to the next thing, it seems like, and that can be, you know, to a fault for, I feel like a lot of Sagittarius, but at the same time, whatever I'm doing, I'm pretty solid in, but that's how I relate to being a Sagittarius, kind of, you know, not being afraid to, you know, go above and beyond the horizon and see what there is out there like a horse you know that keeps going keeps treading something that i really really relate to is my moon sign which is in capricorn so just you know for a little blurb and these all these little blurbs that i'm giving you guys they're directly from costar so i told you they should you. really sponsor her <laughs> so your moon is in capricorn meaning your emotional self is somewhat repressed in the name of responsibility seriousness and rationality you crave the guidance and comfort of a teacher or a parent, which is so true to me. I definitely feel like my um, thought process and my emotions are kind of constantly ruled around my responsibilities. So, like, what is it that I have to do next? Um, who is, you know, if I'm doing if I'm doing something for somebody, if I have something I have to do for somebody, I'm constantly thinking about that. Or if I have, you know, a task in mind, I'm like always thinking about that next task. And my emotions are really ruled around all of that. So that's what. I relate to in terms of my of my moon interesting yeah so maybe you know you're so like my, my to-do list is just really really important to me my short-term and long-term to-do list that's interesting because like for me I feel like like I'll say like I'll have like one thing I'm like okay I need to get this done today and that's it <laughs> that's the Taurus thing I feel like <laughs> a Taurus moon I got one thing and I will get to it Hopefully. Like, my thing today was, like, okay, I really need to get my room clean. So I did that. And then my thing tomorrow is I really need to um, post new stickers for my business. So I'm hoping I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, all. you're, like, one thing at a time. Right? Steady pace. Yes. And I am... Go, 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 go. Correct. And you were asking me how I'm feeling, Ken's. I'm currently feeling stressed out because I didn't get nearly anything on my to-do list done today. What? Yeah, my Capricorn and Moon definitely um, makes me constantly thinking about my to-do list. At least that's how I, you know, resonate with that. But, Wait, um, you said that you didn't complete anything off of your to-do list? Not anything. I was going to say, I mean, we're doing the podcast. I said nearly anything. Okay. Like, I, I, Did you mop? No. Oh, that's the thing. I didn't mop. The and tea. I don't want to do it tomorrow. The tea, Just you guys. Like, we went out to get breakfast this morning, and she said when she got home she was going to mop the tea you guys she didn't <laughs> i need at least two hours to mop and um that's I didn't a, have, that seems I didn't so have, long that's exactly I, I don't think i've ever mopped before in my life um clearly i need to learn how to do that if i'm gonna be moving out on my own <laughs> i mean i only have to mop so much because i have nine cats i mean i really you know i live with my aunt and nine cats <laughs> so yeah i have to mop regularly um and uh yeah i didn't get it done today sadly but i'll get it done i'll get it done i'll get it done i'll get it done because <laughs> like my mind keeps replaying on repeat um, if you're listening to this episode quickly go to instagram and comment on our recent post sierra mop the cats mop the cats i don't know that's that's what i'm saying <laughs> Mop the cats, you guys. Not mop the floor. Mop the cats. <laughs> Just mop them permanently. Mop the cats. You'll know what it means if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and everyone else will be like, oh, If we had a sponsor, that, that would be our code word. Code word, guys, for your discount would be mop the cats. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Now I'm imagining you mopping nine cats. Like, that's going on in my head right now. And there's a statue of a man and a horse in the background. <laughs> this is what astrology does, you guys? This is what goes on in my mind, you guys. I'm very visual in my mind. Can like, I do you have too much caffeine? Huh? Too much caffeine. We'll blame it on that. <laughs> you got a venti. Okay, so I had a coffee early. I had only two cans of soda today that's still too much that's nothing for me and i'm drinking coffee right now a lot of caffeine that's one thing i'm gonna work on is caffeine intake in this new year i need to be better i need to drink more water we'll see if it happens because i say that every year Anyways, um, was there anything else you wanted to say about this zodiac sign? Not really, because I'm not an expert, like I said, but uh, that's how, like, you know, that's my interpretation of um, my astrology and my beliefs within the zodiac. You know, there's a lot of different interpretations out there, a lot of different things, but uh, yeah, and it was interesting to hear, you know, your perspective of how you think about your own chart, you know, even though you don't know a lot, it's always. You know, you're going to get the best answers from yourself, I believe. You know, unless you're really talking to an expert. Shall we talk about my bricks or Enneagram? Enneagram, I think. Yay! I love Enneagram. Genzy loves Enneagram. Okay. So, honestly, I fully got into this, actually, from listening to another podcast. They had an episode where they talked about their Enneagrams. And I was like, huh, that seems really interesting. So, then I looked into it. And, like, I became, like, kind of really into it. Um, so there's like nine different Enneagram types. Um, I'm not going to say what all of them are because frankly, I don't recall. I mainly just know about mine. So I am an Enneagram two in my wing. Sierra and I have established I am a wing one. Um, but the Enneagram two is basically considered the helper. Um, and I actually follow a lot of Enneagram accounts on Instagram and I'll, I send Sierra, um, messages of like my Enneagram two stuff. And I'm like, whenever it's like super accurate and I'm like, yes this is me um so basically the enneagram two is considered the helper it's a feeling based like number um so it's feeling based with a focus on relationships which is kind of funny (laughs) focus on relationships there's plenty of different types of relationships out there um so so the helpers actually excel at making connections and empathizing with the needs and feelings of other people um and then like our strengths include being caring popular which i don't necessarily i don't know if i'm popular but i mean i'll go i'm we're going for it um but strengths can include being caring popular and being a communicator um however they do also have problem areas that uh, may include being privileged naive and dependent um and then their basic fear is of being unwanted and unworthy of being loved and that is so, so true and then um, their basic desire is to be loved, but they mainly focus on putting others before themselves, which is like, is so true. I'm always trying to help others. And like, I, I feel like I, you care about others more than you care about yourself in a way. Um, and then they also, some things that um, Enneagram to, that um, type twos like to do is they love to give presents, which I find so interesting because my language of love is presents. Like I love giving people presents. It's my favorite thing in the world. And it's so hard for me to keep the presents I get for someone a secret. Like my mom probably knew a ton of stuff that I was getting everyone else in my family for Christmas because I could not keep it a secret. And they also love to say thank you. But so yeah, basically the Enneagram type two is just very into, um, 
caring for others and making and putting others before themselves and just making sure that um, other people are happy and making sure that everyone else is comfortable, even if it means that they're uncomfortable. And I definitely that is for sure my Enneagram type. Um, however, Sierra, I believe you are an Enneagram type four, right? I am. So can sadly. you tell us more about that? <laughs> did you say sadly? Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I actually heard, I actually heard that Enneagram type four, they're very rare, Doesn't which I think is kind of cool. Me. Huh? It doesn't shock me. It's also because my MBTI type is also really rare. So. Huh, interesting. But I think it's to a downfall. It's like to a downfall. But, um, yeah, type four, it's... It's they're they're determined as like the romantic. That's what always is put in that light. They're the romantic or the individualist, um, or the artist. You know, just kind of reading from some some blurbs I have here. Fours live primarily in their imagination and feelings, which is very true. And that's where type, because I got started in the enneagram like at a young age. I was like reading. Um, Wait, so in enneagrams, they're like it's like it's not a new thing. No, it's been around for years. I actually did not know this. No, wow. it's not it's not new. It's actually it the origins of Enneagram are kind of unknown, but mm-hmm. it's supposedly to go as far back as the ancient Greeks. Okay. Using numerology to identify maybe personalities. It's just, maybe it's just gotten like a lot more popular recently. Oh, of course it has. I mean just like a lot of things um have gotten more popular recently. Yeah. I mean as it transitions and grows it, you know people want more mainstream gets mainstream that's Mm -hmm. what i would say it's gotten it's gotten mainstream yeah and they love to express themselves in unique ways i think that's a little vague but i think you know like being involved in art or writing or different forms of uh, communicating or expressing themselves it's kind of the stereotypical idea of the four um but the core fear is a good description. Being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, ordinary, commonplace, abandoned, defective, or flawed. So it's what a lot of the bad habits from the four kind of comes from is the idea of um, feeling flawed or feeling defective and just feeling kind of permanent, like damaged goods. That's what a lot of fours feel like. The four is kind of just like, to stereotypically put it, it's, yeah, the sad artist. You know, the sad painter, you know, the Van Gogh, you know. The- <laughs> I love she she uh, moved her hands when she said the Van Gogh, and I, that's what I <laughs> my, my, my ways of expressing myself. Um, but core desires to find their authentic selves and unique significance. Um, fours are, are known to have, like, identity issues. So they're feeling like a lot of fours uh-huh. have, like, this idea that they don't know, like, their identity. Like, they don't have a solid identity. I mean, you do kind of have two identities. There's Sierra. And there's Quinn. There is Quinn. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's an alternate personality, but um Oh no. I would say it's I'm, just the musician of you more. I would say the mindset is starting to, you know, to manifest itself more as I continue to write music. But um yeah, the so and it says for self image, always on the search for identity and meaning. Loves expressing himself authentically, artistically, emotionally is self-aware and dramatic which is uh true yeah i can i can be a little dramatic sometimes see i don't really know like i love the anagram stuff but i actually don't really know a bunch about the other types like i mainly know about mine so i love hearing about like the type four because i feel like i never really like looked into it that much yeah i've been able to it's sometimes it can be hard to identify other types in the enneagram like without 
in-depth knowledge of like their thought process yeah. and their understanding of life i know but it we took have some friends that we know their types yeah i know it took me a while to figure out if i was like a type two or a type nine because yeah. they're pretty similar yeah but we know we have a friend that's a type nine yeah so we and were then sierra helped. was like no you're definitely type two <laughs> and then as i like I got more up. into it and read like a lot more like posts from like instagram artists and everything i was like okay yeah but um like at their best fours are authentic compassionate introspective expressive creative supportive refined and unique you are very unique and that's a good thing <laughs> just so you know that's a very good thing well thanks kens <laughs> um course. and then at their worst withdrawn exaggerated moods depressed self-pitying moralistic self-absorbed possessive and temperamental which i would say is yeah i've gone through all of those phases at least once in my life so. i thought you were about to say once a day and i was gonna laugh Ooh, i would need some help at that point um maybe just a little but yeah um i've definitely used the enneagram to to basically help me along my journeys of self-development because that's like a lot of people are like well what is the purpose of typology of like identifying yourself with these different scales or you know these different ways of identifying personalities well the purpose of it is it's a tool to help you become better you know to to realize your faults and your 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 positive and your negative traits to help you um, be a better person that's the purpose of typology really it's not really just to say oh i'm this and you're that so it's it's a way to separate us it's not a way to separate people it's just a way to help identify um our characteristics and what makes us better what makes us worse and how we can um, do better i feel like in a way it almost brings people closer together than brings them apart like i feel like it helps you understand other people more definitely like like i understand you more now that i know like your type versus my type and everything yeah exactly it helps us yeah you know you can't always exactly relate but you know you can with a you know a concrete set of words be able to say mm-hmm. okay this is how this person sees themselves it's almost kind of the similar with like the language of love and everything too. yeah exactly exactly it's just tools to see like you know why you do things the way you do why you think the way you do yeah. how you see the world and how you can improve on that because it's all about improvement um so yeah i mean i i know getting into starting in the enneagram i've been i kind of like talking a lot of mess about the type four but that's just being a type four. You can't help but just like brag on yourself because you know, like being a type four, you're a little dramatic, you're a little melancholy sometimes. Or we love dramatic. <laughs> we do. You will dramatic. notice that as you continue to listen to us. Yeah, and then feeling defective almost like a type four black. Because there's so many stereotypes around type four, so. Like there's so many stereotypes about everything i guess you're right i guess it's me being dramatic and <laughs> self-pitying <laughs> see at my worst maybe so. just a little oh yeah i'm noticing it now see self-improvement already guys but um yeah so i would say it's uh about being a type four what would be interesting to see is like i mean this is also subjective but like celebrities or like popular people that are that type do you know of any famous people kenzie that are type two um, you know what? I love to use this thing called Google. Um, and I have my phone on me. And I mean, I know for the, um, what's that? The Meyer Briggs? What's the letter? The What are the initials for that that you were using? Oh, the MBTI? MBTI. Um, I know that um, it actually will tell you after you take the 16 personalities test, it actually tells you a bunch of different celebrities who have it, who are the same, which I think is interesting. But let me see about Enneagram. Hold up. Type two celebrities enneagram 
Mr. Rogers, <laughs> Mother Teresa, Debbie Reynolds, Dolly Parton. Oh, that's a that's a good. That's Stevie Wonder, Santa Claus. It actually says Santa Claus is a type two. What? <laughs> it's probably so giving. Um, Elle Fanning and Jessica Alba. Those are the only people that I know that I the people that I said out loud that I know. And there's other random people too that I'm not sure. Um, what about you? Bob Dylan, Angelina Jolie, Johnny Depp, Virginia Woolf, and Frida Kahlo. See, like artists or dramatic actors. I was right. Van Gogh is a type four. <laughs> I thought it was just stereotyping. Goes to show. But yeah, um, it's always fun to see that. Yeah, and I know. Um, Enneagram, I feel like the Enneagram is also very similar to um, Maya Briggs. It has like, a lot of connections. Yeah, like... A lot of ties. When I was, like, going through Maya Briggs, I was like, wait, this is exactly what my Enneagram says. Like, what? I think that helps in typology when when you use different type scales and you can see the similarities. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not just vagaries. It's like, oh, no, the, I'm these two types and these two types are very similar. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool that they kind of, like, go together. Like, when you said that type four is really rare, um, it, I wouldn't say it's as rare as my MBTI type, but um, supposedly my MBTI type is the most rare out of all, all 16 personalities. So what what is your MBTI? So I say that I say the initial so weird and it's cuz I'm making sure I'm saying them right. Yeah. Um what what are what is your uh Maya Briggs type? It is the INFJ. Do you know what um the like word is for that by chance? Yeah, so it's the I is introverted. Oh, I didn't mean that. I meant like like I'm I, like I'm INFP, which is known as the mediator. Oh, um I always forget I didn't that know, little I didn't phrasing. Know, I didn't know each thing had a meaning. <laughs> yeah, each each word, each letter. It's an acronym. Uh, it stands for it stands for something. Um, I did not know that. The advocate, as according to sixteen okay. personalities, it's different. Whatever like test you use, like yeah. what they want to call that yeah. type. But yeah, the advocate. I've, I'm pretty sure sixteenpersonalities.com is the most popular. It is. One. Yeah, it's definitely the most popular. Okay, so you're the advocate, and I am the mediator. Um, I. I kind of don't, I like 16 personalities for, you know, for some things, but I don't really relate to that title, The Advocate. Yeah, I just I feel mean, like, I just feel like it's easier to say that than INFP. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to remember for me, at least. Yeah, well, if you're curious to know what the acronym stands for, so the, the I is introverted, the N is intuition, and then the F is feeling, and then the P, which is yours, because I am an INFJ, but Kenzie is an INFP. So the P in Kenzie stands for perceiving. And then the F, or sorry, the J, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. The J for me it stands for judgment or judging, whatever. Oh, does that mean you're more judgmental? Correct. <laughs> I mean, that's my, that's kind of my, it's uh, kind of what my, uh, my thought process is kind of... That's interesting. Because I feel like in my You're head... You're perceiving and I'm kind of more judging. In my head, I can be very judgmental, but I will never say... I will never actually say anything out loud. <laughs> I try not to. Um, so I know for mine, which is INFP, as mentioned, um, it means that I am 72% introverted, which is so true because even like my Zodiac, actually, like if I were to go into that, it says that 
Um, a Virgo is typically introverted and shy around strangers. So it makes sense that I'm 72% introverted. Yeah, they say that the INF types, so depending, regardless of like what's at the end, you mm-hmm. know, what letter's at the end of that, um, that those are, you know, introverted, because that's the first letter. The I stands for introverted. Because uh-huh. there's E and then there's I, so introverted, extroverted. So, but they say that the, the INs, are typically the most extroverted of the introverts. Yes, I was going to say that uh, INFP, which is what I am, is actually among the most social of all introverts. Yeah, the same goes supposedly for the INFJ. Um, So then... What the mediator does, which is INFP, I'm gonna like keep. I'm probably gonna keep changing the way I say it, just so as I'm not constantly repeating the same thing. Um, but it means that we make an effort to understand other people's true feelings, um, and then we're also capable of great empathy. And we, cr- I love this part. We crave opportunities for creative self-expression, and I like to think I'm very creative. I'm always writing in some way or drawing in some way or whatnot. And another thing that I read is that we enjoy dreaming up we enjoy dreaming up all sorts of stories and possibilities. And that is so true for me. Like I'm honestly I'm always daydreaming. Always. <laughs> kind of hence my brand, delicate daydream. I'm constantly daydreaming. And I mean I literally was daydreaming while Sierra was talking earlier. I mentioned that. <laughs> um but like we'll have all these stories in our heads and all these thoughts that like could be like be about a completely different world or like a completely different thing or like placed. Um and that's definitely true for me. Like I have so many different stories, short stories, poems and all this stuff um that I write. Um and there's a tendency to daydream, which is so, so, so true for me. The strengths for the mediator actually include being thoughtful, generous, open-minded, creative, and passionate. And I, when I'm passionate, you know I'm passionate. I will tell you that right now. Um, however, when it comes to our weaknesses, which I was really interested in this, um, is our weaknesses include being overly idealistic, self-critical, impractical, emotionally driven, Difficult to get to know. I don't necessarily know if that's specific to me. I feel like I'm pretty easy to know. Um, because of the introverted. Because that's yeah. type of, typically an introverted. Yeah. But then they're also very conflict averse. I wasn't really sure what that meant. But... Um, means you avoid conflict. Yeah. Conflict averse means that mediators generally prefer to avoid conflict. They can put a great deal of time and energy into trying to please everyone. And this desire to please others can can drown out their own inner wisdom, which will make them painfully sensitive to even constructive criticism. And I feel like that's true. That's very true for me. Um, like, I'm very, like, oh, okay. When I get, like, con- <laughs> when I get uh, constructive criticism, like, when it comes to being an INFP, um, we are actually most fulfilled by spending time with a small, intimate circle of friends. Um, which is very true. Like, I, like if I'm in a huge surrounding of people, I'm, like, very, very, very introverted. I'll be, like, hiding out, hiding, like, hiding as much as possible or being on the other side of the room of all the people. Um, but when I'm just with, like, a small little group of people, like, my five friends, like, I'm talking too much. <laughs> um, and then one thing that I read that 
Sierra was like, oh my gosh, this is so true, is that mediators, when they become friends with someone, they hope to be friends with that person for life. Oh my God, that's so funny. So, that was she, like one of the first things that I noticed about when me and Ken's were friends. It was like, she was already resentful to the idea <laughs> of us not being friends in the future. I was like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make sure we could... I had to like basically drill it into Kenzie's brain that I made that we were going to be friends for a long time. Yeah, my my the main thing of that I feel like was for that is just because I've had like a lot of past friends. I've had like two friendships just end abruptly. Abruptly. I had two friendships just end abruptly and so because of that I'm always like, "Ooh, well, are we actually going to be friends forever?" Like can that happen? Like is that a thing? So I've never really I have yet to fully experience that. Not fully experience it, but, like, so far, like, not so far, but, like, the friends that I've had for years, they ended up leaving. So, it's like, okay, well, how do I know it's not going to happen again? But I go in, like, hoping and praying that that's not going to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've had some hard experiences with friendships and you just, yeah. yeah. So, it definitely, like, makes that, like, that, um hope to be friends with that person for life a very big thing yeah it was definitely was definitely right on the right on the dot there yeah and then also um mediators which this is so true as well for me this honestly everything i'm saying is very true to me or else i wouldn't be saying it um is that we need personal space and alone time in order to recharge and that's so true i remember um when my sister still lived with us and we were um like two houses ago that we lived in my sister and I shared a room we shared a room for like the first like 14 years of my life or something like that we always had time in our rooms that we reserved for alone time which meant like my I I couldn't go in my room my room the room that I shared with my sister at times because it was her alone time and then I would also have my alone time so we could just be away from everyone it's really smart I've never heard of that kind of setup I mean I yeah. didn't grow up with siblings so, but <laughs> Yeah, it was a big thing for us is having that, like, alone time. And, like, even, like, when I'm on vacation with my family, I'm, like, okay, like, I need to, I need, like, a break. So, I'll, like, go into another room for a little bit uh, just to kind of recharge myself and, like, make sure that I'm nice <laughs> and I don't, like, get really annoyed. Because the less, tr- like, the less energy I have, the more annoyed I get at things. So, I need that, like, space to be able to, like, take a deep breath and be able to build that energy back up. So mediators actually, um, one thing that really stuck out to me is their career path, because that's something that I've been definitely struggling with a lot recently, is figuring out what I want to do. Well, mediators actually, they want to spend their days doing something that they genuinely love, um, preferably without too much stress or drama. And that's kind of hard to find in a workplace, I like to, I think. Um, And then they also... They struggle to find a profession that meets their practical needs and fulfills their dreams because and because of this they might mediators can drift in frustration because they're waiting for that perfect job to prevent to present itself and eventually when it doesn't happen they we feel stuck or worried that we're not living up to our potential um and that's so true for me i'm like okay well like this the job I had didn't work for me and the other job I had didn't work for me and it's like okay well what what do I want to do like what's gonna like give me like what's gonna be the thing that I want to do and um that's gonna like fulfill me and like not like make me just bored and sad and whatnot it's a matter of it's a matter of finding that right path and it's very it's actually very difficult for INFPs which 
I and yeah, INFPs. It's very difficult for them, which I find very interesting because I totally relate to that. And the last thing that I did read about the career paths is that many mediators dream of becoming writers. And that is, I love that because that's been one of my dreams always is to be able to write my own book and like have it published. So I was like, hey, that is pretty cool. That's that's true. At least for me it is. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of information you have now that maybe you didn't even need about the mediator. Um, if you relate to any of what I just said, maybe that means you are one too. But take the test to find out for sure. Although it could be wrong. <laughs> anyway, Sierra, you are an INFJ. What is that all about? Yeah, um, like like I said before, it's supposedly um, the most rare type, according to you know the da- the little data that there is out there on MBTI types. It's less than two percent of the population. It, I mean, it's there's sixteen types, and the highest percentage of the most popular type, which I believe it's like ENSP or something like that, is thirteen percent. So it's still pretty spread out across okay. the board. Um, I wouldn't say it's that that rare, but you know, two percent is still not a lot. But I um, guess when I, I just when I think of high, I think of like higher than like sixty percent. So like hearing two yeah. percent is like whoa. We live in a pretty weird world. Of like 60% I go up to like hundred percent. I go up to a hundred percent. So hearing two percent is like what? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not that rare, but it's still rare to um in comparison of the rest of the scale i like i said before i was not really into mbti until um recently it was like a week or week or maybe a week ago i was um on youtube you know kind of just like looking um at like the explore on youtube as i do sometimes and i saw a video that said why INFJs ruin their relationships. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know anything about any of these types. But it had like a million views or something. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know if this is my type. I don't even know anything about the 16 personalities. But do I feel like I've been ruining my relationships lately? Possibly. <laughs> so let me just look at this. And I, re- I, watched- I know I know all of her dating stories. So I love it. <laughs> And I and I watched this video of why the INFJ ruins all their relationships, and I was like in awe. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is exactly why I've been struggling, you know, in in uh, not even just my dating life, but even with friends and family, you know, because I I say relationships broadly. So one of the things, because INFJ is. Um, like the strengths, for example, creative, insightful, inspiring, convincing, decisive, determined, passionate, and altruistic. But it's basically the INFP, you know, for Kent, see, you know, the P in hers was perceiving, well, mine's judgment. So basically, most of my perception of the world is based around my intuition and basically how my intuition and my feelings tell me how to feel about my relationships in the world. Now, in this video where it was talking about why INFJs ruin their relationships is basically describing that what INFJs typically do in their relationships, all relationships, not just um, 
romantic relationships is that they identify patterns and the people they know around them and they categorize them or conceptualize them so basically make them they are no longer a person to the INFJ they are basically a concept this abstract ideal that you've created out of their patterns so it's like I've identified your patterns I've identified the person I think you are now therefore I have slided you into this category and you are no longer you know a person with free will So basically, whenever a person acts out of this pattern or concept that the INFJ has created for them, the INFJ basically reacts out of frustration because their intuition and their feelings no longer um, correlate with that idea, with that category, with that conception of that person that we've created. And they'll, you know, react negatively. And I've I resonated with that so much, Kenz. I honestly felt like the algorithm was like, this is what you've been doing from all the information we've gathered on your phone. <laughs> and so now YouTube's going to suggest this video to you um, because we know everything about you. Wait, it was, a, it was a suggested video? It was a suggested video on okay. my Explore, yeah. That's was pretty like, cool. <laughs> it's not pretty cool. I was offended. I was like, this is too true. But I mean, it was a good thing. So now I actually understand this. Now I can like, identify it um, that I do that because I, I do do that. I've actually had situations recently where I realized I was doing that. So then seeing that video after that, I was like, oh my God, I am an INFJ. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I am this. And then, you know, I'm doing more in-depth research. I realized I am I don't INFJ. know what it means, but I am definitely it. <laughs> that's how I felt when after I watched that video. I was like, if that's what INFJs do, then I'm an INFJ um, forever. Because <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Yeah, when I saw that, that's basically what got me into the MBTI um, typing is realizing, wow, I do do that in my relationship, so therefore I believe (laughs) I'm this type now. But after doing more actual research, I do identify with this type um, for many reasons. Like the weaknesses, for example, sensitive, extremely private. Oh my God, I've even talked about that with my therapist, Gens, how private I am. That's so funny, because to me, I don't think you're private at all because i feel like you tell me everything <laughs> i wish i could say i told you everything <laughs> ouch I, offended I, I don't tell anybody anything i don't tell anybody anything no sadly. I, does anyone really tell anyone everything no but that I'm even makes really sense what i just it. said <laughs> Well, I, I wouldn't say I don't tell you everything, Kent. I just You my, tell a lot though. You are I feel like you are you I think you can be open and private at the same time. Definitely. Like I it mean, just depends on the subject and the topic at hand. I definitely I mean it's what I'm really bad at is like if I'm going through something, which is I think this is an INFJ thing, if you're going through something, especially if it's a, like a negative or embarrassing thing, you're I'm reluctant to tell anybody. Oh no, I'm I'm the complete same way. Like I will wait a couple of years and then I'll be like, Oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> not lying, not lying. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. I, I feel like I waited a couple of years until I was able to fully say, like, oh yeah, middle school was a terrible time for me. Like I was very sad and lonely and depressed. But like I never said it at a time, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I can say that. Like it's long gone now. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely relate to that part. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a form of bottling things up, which we all do to a certain extent. But uh, yeah. definitely, um, yeah, always need to have a cause. And so from learning from other INFJs, like other personality traits, like like I embody is um, kind of how I talk. It's really abstract. I don't use, like, a common 
thing that supposedly with INFJs is that they're terrible at giving examples. Like, oh. I read, I was watching this one INFJ on YouTube, and he was talking about how if you ask an INFJ to give an example, they will freeze. They will freeze up, and they will not like they know they understand how to communicate abstractly. They understand how to use different terminology and words to describe what they're thinking or feeling or what they know. But examples are not, are not my best strength, and I really related to that. That must be hard when you're like taking like a test or something, and the question is like, "Give us an example using this word or something," yeah, or like, bad. "Give us an example of this equation." That's got to be hard, then, right? Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I never even thought about it from an academic standpoint. I kind of just thought it from like a social standpoint. That's like the first thing I thought of was academic but yeah just really hard to pull out direct examples from out of my brain because like i feel like infps are not a database for information while other types can be like databases for Mm -hmm. facts and all kinds of other stuff like to the to the dot like it's photogenic infjs are not like that they're they they're more how they understand the world is very abstract um conceptions like concepts and uh yeah, just different. Like, I'm even doing it right now. I'm just like, I can't even give ex- direct examples, which, you know, can make me sound really ignorant, which, you know, yeah, I think there was one video, are INFJs stupid? It's like, <laughs> it's like no, we're not stupid. We just have a hard time just, just you know, pulling out examples yeah. and not talking in a abstract. Uh, yeah. That's like, for example, like for the career types, it, it's like, it's a... Uh, Career types that INFJs are, like, attracted to are counselor, psychologists, life coaches, and spiritual guides. So you want to talk about abstracts and concepts? Yeah, you're talking life coaches and spiritual guides. I'm trying to imagine you being a life coach. I've never considered being a life coach. (laughs) I could see you being a spiritual guide. (laughs) I cannot see you being a life coach. Yeah, I've never thought about being a life coach. No, I can't. I can picture you saying, Kenzie, you need to go find a drop and you need to be drinking less soda. (laughs) (laughs) Kenzie thinks I sound. You are kind of a life coach to me because you're always telling me to to drink less soda in the workout. Very true. Maybe I am a life coach. Well, INFJ is another thing that I resonated with that's similar to the Enneagram 4, because we talked about correlations earlier, was um, having a hard time understanding their identity. So mm-hmm. INFPs, like I've read that INFPs are much more centered in their identity. They can understand their identity more. Mm-hmm. They're just more worried about how others perceive their identity. True that. I just almost slapped my knees <laughs> because of how true that is. But INFJs, they could care less about how the world sees them, but they are so unsure within themselves, which I really related to. So we're like total opposites with that. Yes, exactly. Which some people, you know, like, oh, INFJs. P's and INFJs, what's the difference? That's one of the main differences is how they see themselves in, you know, comparison to the rest of the world. Like, I, growing up, I feel a lot better about it now, but growing up, I definitely had an identity issue. Like, one of the INFP, or INFJ, one of the INFJ that, memes. This is why it's easier to say the word that it's used instead of the initial. It's just so vague. <laughs> but the INFJ, one of the INFJ things is that, like, you can look in the mirror and be like, who am I? Like, every day. <laughs> like, who, is that a person? Is that me? Like, that's, like, that was literally, like, my dominant feeling growing up. Like, I didn't know who I was. I was just like, am I even living? Am I just an abstract being walking around? My, do I even have a body? When you said, who am I? All of a sudden, Jesse J's who you are got in my head. <laughs> I forgot about that. Who's yourself? I forgot about that. Song. The blur of the eye. 
but um that's so you know, it's just so <laughs> anyways <laughs> but yeah th- th- there's a lot of infj like things that i just i just relate to so much and then probably the last one that i can think of is the the famous term for an infj it's called the infj door slam <laughs> what <laughs> um it's funny because a lot of my what I've realized, you know, looking back, a lot of my friends in my life um, do have have told me I've done this that I do this and that it's something that I uniquely do that that other people they know don't do and I'm like oh now I'm realizing it's an INFJ thing I'm like <laughs> okay now I'm definitely INFJ so the INFJ door slam is basically is when you're in a it could be a friendship it could be a family thing but it mostly happens in romantic relationships or at least for me um is basically that you as an infj you will give somebody so many chances which a lot of people do a lot of people will give you know they'll be loyal and they'll give someone you know chance after chance after chance to do the right thing um regardless of what that is but what ends up happening is that basically um, INFJ will give this person un- like om- seemingly unlimited chances and to the point um, where the INFJ feels like they've lost control of the situation and they feel like that they can, they have to gain control basically, you know, because when you give someone a chance, you know, there's a feeling of control with that, with the INFJ, but it gets to a certain point where you feel like you've lost control. So what an INFJ does to gain control is they will basically cut that person off in the most um, cold hearted way possible, like to where it seems like they never existed. Um, And so basically, They'll just use, like, the most cold-hearted way to, like, just to slam the door in your face, you know, to make you feel utterly terrible about yourself and then just, like, pretend like you never existed. Kind of like the saying, don't love it or hit ya. Yeah. Yeah, like, typically what I'll do is, yeah, I'll, I'll basically, as an INFJ, I will give someone all these crazy amounts of chances until I feel like I've lost control, and then to gain control, I do something pet, kind of petty okay. um, to make them feel bad about themselves, and then I will do some kind of action to shut them out. Seemingly permanently. Like, uh, like, there's been a, like, I want to use names, but I shouldn't. <laughs> use, use other names. Code words. Fake oh, names. Oh, God. All right, well. Uh, I'm going to keep this in mind now. Like, So okay. I know what's going to happen. All, right. I, uh, all my friends will know this one. Ginger. So, Ginger. All your friends? Does that include me? Most of my me? friends. You like, should know. Do I know? Who's the only Ginger I've ever talked to? Oh, is it the one we worked with? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So basically, multiple times I door slammed him, basically, for pissing me off. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I would uh, block him. I would basically say, you're a terrible person, da 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 after, you know, giving him, like, maybe, like, the three or four chances or something like that, and then just, like, yeah, completely door slamming and saying, you know, you're you're a terrible friend, you're a terrible person, da 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 da, and then blocking him. So door slamming, I do it to everybody, um, especially in romantic relationships. I mean, not my friends. I'm really sensitive to my friends. I don't think I've ever done it to a friend or a family okay, member. Okay, so then I guess I don't have to keep this in mind. Earlier, oh, I, I said t- I gotta keep I'm, this in mind. I'm like, wait, no, it no, no. I'm really. I try to be honest. I mean, even with Ginger, that wasn't. I didn't end it with a door slam. I honestly didn't. I feel like I'm gonna constantly call him Ginger now. <laughs> but at the same time, I can't picture great. I can't picture this dude having the name Ginger. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so yeah, the door slam. I would say it was like the the you know the last thing about INFJ. They they their mind 
they're how they see the world is based on their intuition. They don't uh, look at really facts or figures. They they care about their intuition, and their feelings. They're supposedly really good at predicting the future. INFJ. It's, yeah, all intuition and feeling-based for the most part. I still have a lot to learn. I've literally only been doing reading on it for, like, a week. Um, not very long. See, I've kind of known about, like, Meyer-Briggs for a while just because um, in high school I actually took a class where it was called Peer Helping. So we just, like, helped other people on campus and whatnot. And we took some different types of personality quizzes and whatnot. So I've known about this for a while. But I always for- I always forgot about it. And this is, like, my first time, like, fully diving in and like learning as much as i can about it it's really interesting i'd say it has a lot of you know merit to it you know it's not just a woo woo and obviously there are so many different other personality types out there um we could just i mean we could talk about them but we don't know as much about them Mm -hmm. because that's not who we are we're we're both introverts like too bad we don't have an extrovert which is so funny that we're both introverts two introverts on a podcast (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair we're not actually like in front of people like that would be completely different like then we'd be actually talking to people like it feels like we're just talking to one another because there's just mics and us and that's it and they're yeah. in a in a little snowman that i have <laughs> i would say we're fairly you know extroverted for being yes. introverts but it's basically like your thought process is not determined yeah. around extroverted things it's regarding what's going on yeah. inside of you and your thought you know your feelings and your intuition yeah um so i would highly recommend that all of you guys go like kind of learn more about see what your personality is is it similar to ours or is it like complete opposite like i know sierra and i we're pretty opposite honestly i mean we're opposite in a lot of different ways but we're also super similar yeah yeah which i think is kind of interesting um but yeah go find out what you are and let us know in the comments of one of our posts and let us know if you are like us or if you're a completely different or if you have a completely different personality because i think it's it's really fun to learn about it even if you don't necessarily believe in it yeah go download costar to get your whole chart it's super simple just need your birth location your date of birth and your time of birth that part can be a little tricky i know mine was actually wrong for a little bit because yeah, i couldn't you remember no your time of birth <laughs> so i i saw all the stuff and she was like there's that's not you <laughs> And then I figured out what my time of birth actually was. Yeah, and then there's that. And then for the MBTI, there's 16personalities.com. There's also many different other tests out there. So I would say take multiple and then go on YouTube and find other people who identify with that type you think you are and see if you relate. Or also, I liked what I... I didn't really use YouTube, but I looked on Pinterest. And, like, because there was a lot of different, like, diagrams and whatnot. Yeah. And, like, drawings. That's how I kind of related more to it just because i hate watching i can't say that just because i i find it easier to read things than to hear things but that's partially because i am half deaf that makes sense um anyways thank you guys for sticking with us through this long episode and thank you for sticking with us even though we had um a random unforeseen break um yeah i think we are excited for this new year and really hoping that things are gonna change for the better yeah we plan on staying consistent from here on out you know as long as any um unprecedented incidences don't occur (laughs) oh my goodness yeah but honestly you never know i mean we're going into 2021 hoping it's going to be good but most likely the first few months are still going to be rough because well yeah um so thank you guys again for listening to this episode um don't forget to subscribe to us rate us and review us um it would definitely mean a lot to us um just like i know we do have like star we have a star rating we're five out of five stars right now which is amazing but i would love to be able to see some comments 
so like you know review us let us know what you're thinking what what are your thoughts are um and what are things we should be working on or what yeah and you know the last these last couple episodes are kind of like on a get to know us basis yes, for sure so we do plan on bringing a lot more structure and kind of more informational stuff to the table in the future but we appreciate you guys um listening and yes. subscribing and reviewing as you guys are and don't forget to follow us on our social medias there will be a link in the description that there will be a link in the description that has all of the links to our social media and whatnot yes um and we will catch you guys next week Yep. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Bye. See you later. Bye.